when I tell you that I've been house-sitting and I have not had my greens juice for three days, I just drove one and a half hours to go get it because it is that big of a difference in my day and in my cravings if I do not have my Organifi greens juice. Let me tell you a little bit about this greens juice. I like the crisp apple flavor. It's more like a body reset and a stress support because not only does it have an entire profile of greens powders, but it also has things like ashwagandha and it has different types of reishi mushrooms that help to support your central nervous system. Not only am I feeling 10 times better today that I had it in the morning, but I notice I didn't want my afternoon coffee not because of energy, but because my, I guess energy, but my blood sugar felt stable. I wasn't craving chocolate or something sweet after lunch. I'll probably have something sweet after dinner. That's just the way it is. But I'm telling you the difference that I have in not only my cravings throughout the day, but also my morning conference calls. It's a very real thing that your digestion is stimulated in the morning and Eight times out of 10, nine times out of 10, when I have someone reach out saying that they have purchased the Organifi Greens Juice Powder, they absolutely love it, but they also say that their morning conference call is superior and they are feeling so good. And they're actually having it before their cup of coffee. Normally we have our coffee in the morning to get the ball rolling digestively, but not with Organifi Greens Juice. Not because of fiber, not because of discomfort, but it just gets everything going. You can try the Organifi Greens Juice Powder and it has all the adaptogens in it that you could possibly want. And it is, it's just, it tastes amazing. You can try it from Organifi.com backslash HTH. You can use the code HTH, that's HTH for Hotter Than Health, HTH for 20% off. That's the best deal that you will find anywhere. And it's only for Hotter Than Health listeners. Again, that's Organifi.com backslash HTH for 20% off. Enjoy. Yeah. Welcome to the Hotter Than Health podcast a plant-dominant podcast for those looking to expand and elevate their lives. Each week, we will bring you provocative conversations and topics, entertaining interviews, and some of the biggest names in health and wellness to answer your burning questions. You will leave each episode with tangible tips and takeaways and understand what it truly means to live an energized and optimized life. Welcome back to this week's episode of Hotter Than Health. You have me. <laughs> I'm your host, Eliza Gelman, and we're back with another solo episode. I have gotten good feedback on the solo episodes, and like I have mentioned before, at this juncture in my life, this is what's working, and this is what's this is what I'm motivated to do, and I understand that it's not all about... Motiv- I'm sorry. This is what I am disciplined to do. I have a few different guests lined up for the coming months. I'm really excited, but until I am not living in six different houses and once I settle fully in Charlotte, then I'm going to jump back into definitive interviews, guests. I am very excited for that. And quick update. I'm in Charlotte for the month of March April and then traveling and work trips, but 
essentially in Charleston for the month of April and then I moved to Charlotte in May. That's the unless something goes awry, unless plans change, which <laughs> in light of recent events, plans always change. But as of now, that is the tentative schedule. And I'm pumped. I think that it's been good. I'm I'm excited for a new adventure and I'm excited for okay, here okay. This is this is for anyone who's interested in what's going on on the outside world because if you are in Charleston and you are listening to this, you understand that Charleston is not the real world. It's not real life. It's la la dreamland, beautiful, amazing. I have only good things to say about Charleston. However, I, everything that I hear from women my age or a little younger or even older, I'm 29, I'll be 30 at the end of this month. And mostly I hear women who are single say there's no guys in Charleston. There's no men in Charleston. It's a dead zone. Everyone's either married or it's only women, whatever it is, or the guys that are out there dating just have such a, they have so many options that it's tough to get a second date or it's tough to get out there to find someone seriously. And I would disagree with that. I do think that a lot of it is perspective. A lot of it is getting out of your comfort zone, going on different types of dates. But also I'm saying that as someone who I had a lot of luck on a dating app and and I met someone awesome. And if even if it didn't work out, I I do believe that there are really good things happening in Charleston. And to not let that mindset, even despite luck, despite I, I do think that if you're running into a lot of dating roadblocks, again, this is not dating advice. This is just what I am observing. Please, dear God, don't take my advice. But what I have observed is a lot of people going on the same types of dates or the same types of dating apps. They'll have the exact same conversation and and it's square peg, round hole. Nothing's fitting, nothing's working, but you're trying to fit the same shape into a different, a different hole, you know? And not, not that I'm looking to get back in the dating game by any means, but I am excited to go out and see different types of people, even going to the gym where I've been going in Charlotte, which is the Dowd. And if you are familiar at all with Charlotte, the Dowd Y has been around uh, on Moorhead near Uptown for so many years. We had a membership there when I was born and the people, it just feels different. And I think it's because there's a lot more, there are a lot more corporations. It's much more of a banking city. There's a lot more, what is the word that I'm looking for? There's a lot more industry here. Whereas in Charleston, it's more food and bev. Lots of people work remote. There's a lot of startup energy, but in Charleston, it does, or I'm sorry, in Charlotte, it does seem that there are, we're going to get into fitness and nutrition in a second, but uh, in Charlotte, it just does seem like there's not not always a hustle mentality, but there does seem to be different types of progress happening in Charlotte. So for instance, you go to the gym is packed and then you know people are at work You or you know that people are working hard. You see a lot more. There's a lot of self-discipline and structure, if you will. And maybe that's because of the area that I'm in currently, but I do think that there's it's a bigger pond to swim in and there's more people to observe and get inspired by. There's more dedication to lifestyle, wellness, fitness, and 
it seems as though even though there is that in Charleston, I do feel like someone, I was talking to someone about this the other day. They made a really good point in Charleston. It doesn't feel, it doesn't always feel like there's natural progression or the culture in Charleston doesn't necessarily lead itself to next steps always. That's again, that's circumstantial. That was in my circumstance. That's in a lot of people's circumstance that I see, but I also see it working beautifully and perfectly and amazing and so happy and there's so much progress. But I think that not necessarily, I'm not saying that moving is the answer, but it's either, it's a perspective shift is the answer and a different way of looking at things, asking different questions, filtering your filtering your social life to make sure that you're not just putting your weekends on repeat. Same exact people, same exact bars, same exact outcomes. It doesn't always lend itself to progress, if you will. And that's not to offend anyone. That's not to, that's not saying that I haven't seen progress. It's, it's really just, there is something about Charlotte that motivates me a little more right now. I was motivated in Charleston, but I think that in this phase in my life where there's a lot of newness, a lot of uncertainty, but growth happening, I do feel like Charlotte is a great place to foster that. Although Charleston, the community that I have there is, it's unbeatable. It's how I started the podcast. It's how I got, it's how I have any sort of credibility with my nutrition business and personal training. And I'm just so grateful for it truly in every sense of the word. And I, and guess what, if Charlotte doesn't work out, then I can always come back. But either way, I'm, I'm excited for both. And Charleston's amazing. Um, you came here to listen to (laughs) nutrition, health, wellness, not me blabbering about my, oh my God, it's been seven minutes of me just talking about my social, my romantic and, uh, career. And this is not, why you came here. And if this is your first time listening, welcome. Thank you for being here. That's a little bit about me. Uh, And if you're in that similar phase of your life, then welcome to the dumpster fire. But I swear we will be a phoenix burning, a, a phoenix rising from the ashes from said dumpster fire. Today, I wanted to chat about it almost being summertime. And if you're listening in the UK or Australia or any anywhere else where you are not uh, going into your hotter months, this is obviously not for you, but you'll definitely understand the concepts. We, it's March, at, middle of March. It's peaking into the time of year that everyone starts to put on bathing suits and go on trips to the beach and get outside, get outdoors. People are talking about tanning. People are talking about dieting and bikinis and beach bodies. And I I think that right now I see so much positivity in just loving yourself. I see two things. There's a spectrum. I see I see people who are so body positive and excited about where they are. They're more so just thinking about how they feel and more intuition. And then I see on the other end of the spectrum, people that are so obsessive about, and I can say that I have been on both ends of these things, but people that have been extremely obsessive about 
the pant size that they're wearing, about how to tone their lower belly, about their nervousness to get inside a bikini, um, the amount of people that I have heard talk about doing ex- extreme fasts, even even the prolon fast, which I have done, and I understand it leads to weight loss or semaglutide or ozempic, and I know like they they sell that at different uh, where is it drip lounge downtown in Charleston, semaglutide and ozempic, all of the name brand generic brand names for it. There it's everywhere, and it's a almost guaranteed weight loss, rapid weight loss type of medicine. I I do, I am curious to see how this season of swimwear and crash diet culture is going to change now that Ozempic and semaglutide is an option because it's not that, I'm not saying that it's affordable for everybody. If you have access to it, then it's still a drastic drug to be taking. Essentially, if you're not super familiar with it, it is a uh, a diabetes drug that helps to prevent, I'm obviously going to butcher this, but it is a diabetes drug that is prescribed to people struggling with diabetes and it helps to control appetite. It helps to control blood sugar to make sure that people who are struggling with type 2 diabetes don't, they have the protocol that they need. So this is an actual prescription drug, but it is being given out like nerds rope all the all over the place and i know tons of people who are on it and tons of people are also giving me feedback saying that they've lost all their muscle and this this is not just with ozempic or semaglutide or whatever the other names are for it this is this is any crash diet for the most part crash diet I'm I'm putting that in the category of anything anything 60 days or less. Some people constitute more, some people say less. I'm just saying for the per- parameters of this conversation, this one-way conversation, this conversation that I'm having with myself around 60 days is a way, it, it that's still to me a crash diet. You can definitely begin to form healthier habits in 60 days, but let's just say you have a trip to Cabo in May, it's the end of March, and you're thinking, okay, I've got six weeks to get my shit together, which means you're on a caloric deficit, which means you're working out one to two times per day, you are not going out, you're you're saying that you're doing it to save money, but really it's about weight loss. And, and here's the thing, I am all for establishing healthy diets or establishing healthy habits, increasing protein and balance during meals, hydration, walking more. Like I, th- I think all of those things are incredible. However, if you know, and, and if you can take a step back, look in the mirror and say, is this the same shit I did last year? If so, what can I do to make this a sustainable change so that it's not so cyclical? This is if this is the same exact process that you go through every summer or before any big event, even if during the winter you have a, a big wedding and you have to wear a dress and you're you're stressing about the way you're going to look in a dress, what are those drastic things that you're doing? And this is this is a time when it, it's important to really look inward because it's easy to deny. It's easy to say, well. No, I, I really just want to get healthier, which yes, 
even in your mind, if you really believe that, yes, you want to get healthier after that trip is over, are you just going to go back to your ways of eating slash moving or whatever supplements you're not going to start to, you're not going to continue taking? Are you going to go back to your maybe not so great sleep habits? Are you going to drink a little bit more? If, if there's that large of a drop off between, or if there's that big of a change between what you're doing before and what you're doing after that main event or that time period, then you really got to look at yourself and say, what's going on here? And I can tell you for a fact, the health benefits of crash dieting consistently are wildly disproportionate to the benefits. Let me give you some examples. If you are someone who has yo-yo dieted back and forth for years, maybe you go a couple of months eating a certain way, moving a certain way, and then you go right back to, you know, fairly sedentary or not walking at all, or you just say you fell off, whatever it is. And then instead of integrating things slowly back in, you crash and you go balls deep into a diet. What happens is the amount of stress that your body is taking on from being in these unpredictable dietary patterns. For one month, you're going so low carb that yes, you might flush out some water weight, but you have zero energy, your skin is dull, you haven't pooped consistently, or if you have, it's like explosive, or you're maybe constipated, whatever it is, the gut is off. You're not sleeping well. Maybe your period comes two or three days late and you might think, oh, well, I still got it. Noticing those irregularities in your in your cycle is one way to tell that your lifestyle or your restrictions are potentially too restrictive. Maybe you are going for a workout in the morning, fasting for three hours, not eating until 12 p.m., but drinking coffee because you know it's an appetite suppressant, and then eating, you know, one lunch and a bit huge dinner, then going for a walk, still the calories are likely not just not proportionate. And there are going to be some people out there, men especially, who can do one big meal per day and be totally fine. Uh, The blood sugar stabilizes a lot easier. They are made to be in a more fasted state. Their body doesn't, their threshold for metabolic stress based on research, seems to be higher than a female's because their circadian rhythm is based on a 24-hour cycle, whereas females is a 28-day, approximately 28-day cycle, meaning that our shit is different, okay? If you're working with a personal trainer right now who's a guy who's saying, all you have to do is increase, you know, lower your fat, work out more, caloric deficit, start fasting, you're like, yeah, bro, that might work for you. Men can not eat nut butter for three hours and drop six pounds it's it's different hold on must take a sip of water oh i'm telling you i've been really killing the electrolyte game lately and water without electrolytes has been sad lately okay but but still delicious with the crash dieting if you are someone who is considering 
doing something intense to lose weight before some type of event, please consider the repercussions of how drastic it is. Of course, there's a difference of, okay, you want to look, feel your best. I get it. But if you're, if you're doing that in six months, that's, that's a much healthier span of time. But giving yourself a disproportionate amount of time. So here's, here's the thing. The shorter the time it takes you to lose X amount of weight, put on X amount of muscle, do whatever to your body, fit in a pair of jeans, the amount, the shorter the amount of time it takes for you to get to that size, weight, feeling, whatever, the shorter those results will last. The less time those results will last. The longer and more steadily you approach those results, let's say over a span of four to eight months would be a healthier span, then that will be a much longer period of time because not only is your body not in a state of what the fuck is happening to me? Why are we losing so much? Why are we losing so many calories? I got to hold on. I got to hold on to this fat because I don't know when we're going to eat again. That's what your body is saying. Or it's saying, oh, we're so steadily over time, either decreasing decreasing calories or increasing the amount that we're working out or just modifying our meals to have more balance so that we're not constantly craving sugar or sweets or snacks. Those are the those are the habits that will be in place more sustainably, hence longer lasting results. I know that that's the simplest way to, I know that everyone's heard this. I understand that this is me beating a dead horse. But when, if you're the kind of person who's saying, yeah, of course, I know, I know, I know. But then you're also the same person who is crash dieting or doing these crazy Okay, okay. This is this might not land well. And I I'm uh, I'm just going to say the shit you're not supposed to say. Oftentimes the people who are seemingly in the best shape, super fit, always doing the workout classes. I've I've been there. I've I promise you I can be in this category as well. I don't feel like I'm in it right now, but I've been there. It's usually seemingly the people that are most focused on their health consistently throughout the year that are really, really focused on the last two or three pounds. The people who are typically talking about the crash dieting or the, oh, I just really want to like look my best. I'm just going to real quick do this four-day water fast before this trip. Those are typically the people that also have like skinny privilege. Again, I, this is not everyone. This is my observation and it's not the only observation that I have, but it's one. I don't often, it, it's, it, there's a lot of body dysmorphia that happens around summer, that happens around this time of year. And I encourage you to really take a good look at the more sustainable things that you can do right now that are not, this is, this is not for if you want to lose weight, if you want to do this, do this. This is for anyone who is simply looking to consistently improve their lifestyle habits. And there are a few simple things that we can be doing. One, it's, I'm, uh, I'll say until I'm fucking blue in the face, less alcohol. Because even if you're just saying, oh, I'm having one glass of wine per night, the, sleep 
de- this quality of your REM sleep decreases so drastically. And I recommend that everyone look up uh, Andrew Huberman. Dr. Andrew Huberman has a podcast episode fully based on alcohol and its its detriments to the body. And again, I'm not trying to villainize. I'm not sober. I am not someone who's never going to drink again. I'm, I'm saying this is someone who's been on both sides of these things. But if you have if, if you are saying that you have to go out to drink to be social or you have to have a glass of wine to go to bed, take a look at your sleep. If you are someone who is not struggling, but if you are someone who is constantly talking about body not changing, stubborn weight or doing all these things, sleep is a major component of a healthy lifestyle. Alcohol is one of the number one things that you can do overdo that will mess up your sleep. So reducing alcohol more nights than not. So if Monday, if if Tuesday through Saturday, you're having a glass of wine or two a day, maybe we start by just doing it Thursday through Saturday or however you can reduce it because even one glass of wine will absolutely annihilate your sleep patterns. Even if you say, oh, well, I sleep like a baby. Oh, well, I never wake up in the middle of the night. You could be in a lighter state of sleep as opposed to the deeper REM sleep that we use for healing, for brain health, for our our cognitive function the next day, our hormone health. Our thyroid is operating in the middle of the night around 3, 4 p.m. It gets really, really going. Uh, Your HGH, your human growth hormone, it is also when you're burning fat. It's when you're creating muscle. It's when you're creating those new neural pathways. You must have proper sleep to let those things seep, seep in. Reducing alcohol, to benefit your sleep. All of these things will not only change your body, but change your life and your mindset. And who wants to be fucking hungover? I'm sick of people glorifying being hungover. It's so annoying. But here we are, whatever. I'm, okay, I, I will be hungover at some point in my life. I just understand that I am taking active steps to, whatever, I don't have to, just myself. <laughs> I don't have to justify myself. So the alcohol, having balance in your meals So if you are having veggies, chicken, and rice tonight, maybe you add a little bit of avocado. Maybe you have a fresh drizzle of olive oil. Maybe you have some chia seeds in your water while you're having dinner. Having some fat with that protein and carbohydrate and fiber, that would be a great way to increase balance. Again, operating with the power of four. So if you can get three out of these four components, fiber, fat, carbs, protein in your meal, then you're G2G. You're going to feel great and you will be more satisfied. And even if you still have a little dessert, sweet treat afterwards, likely you will not indulge in as big of a quantity because your body will be actually satisfied. Your hunger hormones will be quelled. Having balance in your meals, reducing alcohol, and then also, I'm going to just say it. I'm going to say it as the person who has been begging anyone in life to get them back on Instagram. (sighs) It's so fucking annoying. Honestly, I have like five di- five different tickets out at Meta right now and nobody has called me back. And I'm just really hoping that I get back on because advertisers are really counting on that. So if again, shameless plug, if you know anyone who works at Meta who can actually do something, that would be so great. And I know that they're doing layoffs and I understand that these things are backed up and it's definitely not anyone's life or death last wish is to get my ass back on Instagram, but I will literally pay you. I will Venmo. I will pay. It's been almost a month and a half. I, let me get back on. Okay. Social media. 
social media. It's, it's a blessing and a curse. It is so incredible for the growth of so many businesses. It is the livelihood of so many businesses. <clears throat> and when I say it is all, it's a double-edged sword, people are scrolling and obsessing. And I know this because I do this. I will get on one reel, one TikTok of some girl with a nice big ass and like fit ass body looking so good. And I, she's doing workouts that I'm normally doing, but I'm like, wait, I do these exact things and I go heavier and I do more reps and I'm like more intense. And why don't, why does my ass look like that? I, I get that feeling all the time. One, she's famous on Instagram for her ass. So I understand that definitely something is different. I always have like a half Catholic Jewish ass and I really have to work hard to make it have any shape. So I understand that that's a factor. Like I try not to beat myself up about that. I'm like, oh, do I just, what do I do? Do I, and then I'm thinking, okay, what am I, can, how do I get 30 more grams of protein in per night? I'm like, Eliza, it's 9 PM chill. And so I, I get so in my head, I'm like, okay, I need to change my protein. I need to do my thing. But then I look at it, I'm like, wait, so I'm doing this all so that my ass will grow. I don't even need a huge ass. I just want it to be like nice and strong and healthy and sustainable and able to lift boxes and lift heavy things so that I don't, I can, oh my God. What was that? Oh, there are poltergeists in this house. But looking at different Instagrams, different reels of these unrealistic body expectations when this is a highlight reel. If you wake up in the morning after you've pooped, you haven't drink had any water yet, you look in the mirror and you take a picture of that, whatever it is, in the mirror. You lift your shirt up, take a little picture. And then at the end of the day, you do do the exact same thing, but you've had your normal meals, you've hydrated, you've worked out, you've like had your normal day. You take that same picture, you're gonna look like a totally different fucking person. Things are different in the morning after that eight hour fast. It's just the way life is. People get so down on themselves because they think that these women's bodies on the, women and men's bodies are like that. But no, they were just in the gym, likely fasted or barely anything in their stomach. It's likely earlier in the day. They have hiked up their shorts to the point where their ass cheeks are like fat and clapping and it just looks really aesthetic. And also they are getting a pump in, they are sweating, they're working their asses off. And if they pose afterwards, of course, they're going to find, you're going to find more, you're going to find more veins. You're going to find more muscles. You'll find more definition, tone, everything because your muscles have been have blood pumping through them and they're going to look more vascular. They're going to look more juicy and plumped and hydrated and healthy. But then later on in the day, if, if you don't work out, you take a couple rest days, you're going to feel so off and you're going to feel weak. You're like, oh, I lost all my muscles, but you did it. That's, that's a person. I think this is a very personal story <laughs> that's happening here. But on another, on the other end of things with food, you see someone making a really healthy dinner. Here's a, let me give you a prime example. And then I'm, then I'm done with this episode almost because who knows, maybe I'll just keep going off on this. Here's, here's an example. I am house sitting for a friend's parents' dogs and these dogs are amazing. I'm absolutely obsessed. Greatest dogs ever. They like in the kitchen whipping pies with me all day long. They will not leave my side. I was cooking dinner last night and I was making my classic. It was a bit of teriyaki, salmon. I did a bit of bonza rice for some extra fibes and protein. Did a ton of asparagus. I sauteed some spinach. I was feeling good, like got some healthy fats in there. I did a bit of avocado. 
some white onion just for some breath. And then I took a picture of it and I said, oh my God, I'm a beacon. I'm truly made of gold. Look at me. Wow. Ivory tower. I proceed to have a gay old chuckle, go into the pantry and grab these Lay's Puff Wisp Crisps. I don't know what they are, but I w- here's let me tell you a little something about Eliza Gelman. She likes sour cream and onion anything. It is the superior flavor. I don't want to hear anything about sour cream and I don't I don't want to hear anything about Doritos or Cheez-Its or Lay's or I, I, if it's not a Cape Cod folded over potato chip or sour cream and onion, anything, Pringle especially, superior. I don't want to hear it. It's the superior flavor. And if you have things to say to me, then bring it to me privately. That's fine. Actually, publicly, I will go actually eye to eye on toe to toe, eye to eye, ass to ass, tit to tit with anyone on this. There was a bag of, there was, oh, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. There was a family size bag and we know the family size. Like it's a big old honkin' aluminum bag of these little they look like waffle waffle fries, but puffed in balls. And they were sour cream and onion flavored. And I opened those bitches up. I will say though, I, I did have my dinner first. The the chips were my treat afterwards. I was like, okay, if I still want these after dinner, so props to me for having the the uh Props to me for having the willpower. I had like half of my salmon. I come back in and I devour this bag. Granted, I didn't eat the whole thing because it wasn't, if, trust me, if the entire thing had been full, it would have been gone. But I did have about half of a family style bag of those chips. And I kept thinking to myself, why am I posting these videos on Instagram, on reels, on my story without giving the full picture? So as even, even if I don't mean to, I'm like, wow, this bowl looks really delicious. Here we go. Here's a picture of my dinner. And I did eat that, but let's not also forget the fact that I had a entire, nearly an entire bag of family style sour cream and onion puffed whatevers. I didn't look at the calories. I didn't look at the ingredients. I'm not looking at those saying, oh my gosh, how can I justify eating this entire bag of preservatives? I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that to myself. I understand that it's about balance, but I just want to put it out there that if I'm doing this and I'm, my career is in nutrition and fitness, health, longevity. And if I am doing this, let's drop the third wall here. If I am doing this, just imagine what other influencers are out there posting. They're hawking their acai bowls and their smoothies and their PB2 and their low fat this, their low fat that. And then you know what? They're going in and they're having three brownies and they're going to say that that's totally fine because they're made with coconut oil. Guess what? Coconut oil, I bet that's 2000 calories just worth of brownies right there. I don't give 190th of a fuck about what they're eating. That's totally fine. But it's just a reminder that when you are on social media, you are not getting the full picture. I used to, small tangent, a few years ago. Oh, no, no. Actually, this was right after college. This was before I moved to Arizona. I was going to a pool party at someone's apartment and I knew like, oh, there'll be guys there. Um, And it wasn't an intention. It was definitely an intention. It was definitely attention seeking. But I remember I was with my friend Helen at the time and I brought a workout band 
to do squats for every time I went to the bathroom, I would put a a booty band on. I put it in my pool bag. I put a booty band on and I did squats and pulses and like kickbacks in the bathroom at, at this pool party. Nobody was in there with me. So I would come out with your butt is a little plumper and perkier and just lifted after you do these butt kicks, after you do the donkey kicks and the fire hydrants and the squats and the pulses. I would do 60 seconds of that every time I went into the bathroom. Just even even though, guess what? Nobody came, I didn't come out and nobody said, oh, wow, oh my God, are your glutes bigger? Not what, nobody thought about that because guess what? No, here's the, here's the crux of it all. Nobody cares as much as you do. Not one person in this world cares as much as you do. And that goes for our physical appearance and our looks and our anxiety. It also goes for our health. Meaning if you are really actively serious about wanting to elevate your health and, you know, really focus on your supplementation, get your blood work, check your hormones, get better sleep, reduce alcohol, work out, be happier, reduce anxiety, coffee, caffeine, all that stuff. Nobody's going to care as much as you do. So you have to also advocate for yourself because nobody else is going to do it for you. You might get a little bit of motivation from this podcast. You might get a little bit of motivation from your Instagram and everything, but nobody is going to get the job done like you can. And there's not one person out there who is going to be able to take control of your life and the decisions that you make other than you. You have to be your own advocate and understand that nobody cares as much about your anxiety. Nobody's looking at you. And also, nobody's going to change your life other than you. How about that for full circle and motivation? All I had written in my notes for this uh, podcast episode was the crash diet process. Less results, but more habits. The longer it ta- the shorter of time it takes you to get there, the shorter you will yield the results. Wow. I'm a poet. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, this chaos. I actually thought I was going to record for 10 minutes, but something I'm telling y'all, like I said a couple weeks ago, something happens when I put the headphones on and I just go ham. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you have not already, please go on to, if you're listening on Spotify, make sure you hit follow, give us five stars. If you are listening on the purple app on Apple podcasts, please scroll down, leave us a review. This dog I don't know if it sharded below me, but oh my God, the absolute, oh, oh my God, the fumes that are reeking out of this butt beneath me. I got to go walk these dogs. Please leave us a review, five stars, nothing less on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and I will talk to you all next Thursday.